Hello everyone, it's Lauren Ash. Hey y'all, Zakia Najiba. Welcome to the Black Girl Known Podcast. We promote holistic wellness and inner beauty for women of color. We also encourage self-care and self-love for our communities. In a nutshell, we create space for women of color to breathe easy. Thanks for listening. So what's good, Zakia? I'm good. You know, I'm sitting here drinking some warm water. I love that we're literally drinking warm water. We are. <laughs> like nothing else is in it. Honestly, I didn't start drinking warm water until um, your friend in Keichi yes. came here a few months ago and we were at a restaurant and she said, can I please have some hot water? And I was like, I've never seen anyone drink hot water before. Like, that's mm-hmm. weird. But then she explained like why she was drinking it and why it's like really good for your body. And so... I've started drinking hot water. I think that next week we should bring some lemons, though. Put a little lemon lemonade juice in there. <laughs> lemonade. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm still regretting not going to see Beyonce last weekend. Oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> all I saw was Beyonce all up and down my Facebook timeline. And I just eventually got off because I was so <laughs> mad that I wasn't there. So I was like low-key hating just for maybe like five seconds. <laughs> would, would Beyonce promote that? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> so what else is good you got anything on the horizon any projects you stay busy yeah I try to stay busy um but so I'm finishing up an exhibit that opened last month around the Black Lives Matter movement and that'll actually be closing next weekend and so there'll be an artist talk for that what but, was the exhibit yeah so the exhibit was around the Black Lives Matter movement and so Basically, what it was, was Chicago-based artists working in collaboration with the family members of those who have been murdered by CPD. So, um, I mean, it was really heavy. It was really hard. But um, I thought it was interesting because as an artist, like, I think it's important to be really intentional about taking topics like this and being really respectful and, like, considerate of such like heavy material considering like you have people whose family members are literally like, like they have been murdered like, um, for no reason at all. Um, and the name of the exhibit was called our duty to fight. And it was actually at an art gallery that is under UIC, which is university of Illinois here in Chicago. And so, yeah, it was a really great exhibit. Um, I worked with the family of Betty Jones, Mm -hmm. who was a mother um, and she was killed on the West side of Chicago. And so I created a film piece in collaboration with her daughter, um, Latoya, And I mean, it was really a meaningful experience, but again, like it was really rough, but I'm really glad that all of these artists sort of like came together and created these really extensive art pieces. And I mean, the entire exhibit wasn't heavy. I mean, there were folks who like included like some lighthearted material Mm -hmm. to sort of like accentuate that there is joy in black life and it's not always about death and, you know, so. Chicago is just such a great place to be as a black creative right now too. It is. So There's a lot important work to, to be done. From. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. A lot of folks collaborating. It's almost like it's very like familial in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's really what I've been working on. And then I have an upcoming exhibit that opens July 8th. And the title of that is called Yelling at the Sky. And it's curated by someone that 
we know named Lakeisha Leak. Yes. Yes. Who's an amazing um, black woman curator here in Chicago. And the entire show is really looking at how black women artists are like responding to like current issues that are specific towards um, black women. It's amazing. So what have you been up to, Lauren? I know you out here doing stuff, (sighs) creating, (laughs) curating, taking over the world. Yes. (laughs) Um, Well, I recently launched my personal website, which is great. Um, You know, I obviously do so much within Black Girl and Own, but I also have some more tricks up my sleeve and projects (laughs) up my sleeve. So, yeah, (laughs) tricks, you know, (laughs) stunts and shows. Um, But it's laurenash.co and um, I'm actually offering free audio meditations. Um, I remember like two years ago when I first uh, started yoga teacher training, people just started commenting on my voice and how it's really soothing and how it's really calm. And I had never thought so much about my voice before becoming a yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. And then like this past year, I've been doing more meditations, as I think you know, and I've really enjoyed the experience of facilitating meditations. So I was like, why not offer them to people all over the world? And, and it's free, so mm-hmm. it's accessible, which exactly. I love. I'm all about accessibility, so yes. <laughs> that's dope. Yes. So um, it's a really beautiful project and I'm excited to release the second one soon. Um, They're all going to focus on something different. They're all pretty brief so you can enjoy it at work or on the road, what have you. But yeah, that's my latest and greatest. (laughs) That's what I've been up to. Today, we're going to be sharing five challenges that we have on our respective self-care journeys and one of them we have in common. Uh, We hope that you all can let us know what speaks to you and also share with us your recent challenges in your self-care journeys. Of course, you can tweet us at Black Girl and Ohm, but you can also share a voice memo. Um, You can do this on your phone, obviously. We also just discovered this really cool app. It's actually free and um, it is called Roll Tape. It's uh, an easy-to-use app for sending voice messages. So you can send these to us um, at info at blackgirlum.com, or you can tweet us. So, um, so yeah, Lauren mentioned that today we'll be talking a lot about our self-care challenges. Um, I think it's important that we're even having a conversation about self-care because, to be honest, I didn't start really thinking about self-care like in an intentional way until about two years ago um and I think a part of self-care also exists outside of yourself and I mean that to say that the ways that you may feel that you're taking care of yourself or focusing on yourself in some ways may even um get in the way of the relationships and bonds that you have with other people and so I think oftentimes a lot of people they will, you know, confuse self-care with selfishness in their acts. So you can say like, oh, I'm doing something for myself. Like I'm going to focus on my projects. I'm going to spend more time with myself as a form of self-care. But I also think that sometimes it can be borderline selfishness. Mm. For example, um, with me, I come from a really large family. I have two younger sisters, um, an older sister, and four older brothers. The entire time that I was in school, that I, you know, that I was in school, I pretty much pushed my family off to the side. 
Um, I was in this new space where I was learning new things about myself. I was connecting more with people that I felt like I had a stronger connection with. So I'm like, oh, dope. There's people out there who don't think I'm weird or I'm not really like the black sheep. Like I belong in like this collective of people that understand who I am and like what my interests are. And for a while, it was hard for me to find that in my own family. And so during that time, like I really didn't spend a lot of time with my family. Like I would go home on holidays and whatnot, but I was barely having like conversations with my sister, my mother. So it was a really disconnected time. But during that time, I was unaware of like what I was doing because I was so caught up in my own world. I was so caught up in like school and I was caught up in like, um, you know, socializing and like being out in the city. I'm like, I'm on my own. I can do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until recently um, that I had a conversation with my younger sister, surprisingly enough. And she basically just vented to me Mm -hmm. like for a long period of time. And she was like, you haven't been there for me. You've been selfish. Mm -hmm. You barely spend any time with me. I feel like I don't even know who you are anymore. Wow. Whenever I reach out to you, you say that we're going to like hang out and like you never do it or you mm-hmm. don't keep your word. And so like <laughs> in that moment, I was like, damn, like, have I really been that selfish? Mm-hmm. Like, I just felt like really shitty. And yeah. so after that moment, I think for me, it was like a breaking moment because growing up beside my sisters, there were so many things that happened in our childhood that we never even like had talked about we kind of just like you know moved on and moved past it but in this moment it was the first time that both of us were actually vulnerable toward each other that I can remember right um and so like you're at this point where maybe you can be because you're adults now and you've like been able to in some way process some of what may have happened and then come at each other like adults and speak directly and it's like I just have so much respect for that moment because Mm -hmm. Here I am, like, being, like, the oldest sister, like, I'm supposed to be, like, the one, like, leading by example. And it was my younger sister who was, you know, telling me, like, listen, this is how I've been feeling. This is what you've been doing. Like, this is not okay. And so I really had to, like, suck that up and, like, acknowledge that, yes, I have been doing everything that you're telling me. And so, you know, it was really... um, eye-opening and I think since then I've really been thinking about the ways that I haven't been present for my family because I've been so caught up in like everything that I'm doing and you know even if you know I am practicing forms of self-care and like focusing on you know my body and like my health there are still aspects of my life where it's like okay you really need to get your shit together and Mm -hmm. like realize that you still have a family you still have this other group of people that you were connected to before all these other people came around and like that should like be a priority. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. And it was a healing moment for me and, you know, we cried and like made up and hugged and all that cute stuff. (laughs) But, you know, it was just like in that moment, I was really, really self-aware of like how selfish Mm -hmm. I was really being. And I think that I'm like really grateful for that. And I think even now I'm just sort of like in a better place. And like, even since then, I've been having like amazing communication with my sister, and Didn't you, you know, say it's her birthday. Really it corner? is her birthday is coming Happy up. Gemini birthday. season. <laughs> although I'm side eyeing some of you Gemini's because we don't um, have to talk about that. Yeah, we can say that for another day. <laughs> <laughs> 
But um, yeah, so, you know, shout out to my little sis, Malika, hey, Malika. if you're listening. I love you. <laughs> um, And so, yeah, like, so that is, I think, one of, has been one of the, like, defining, like, healing moments in my life. And even that moment was challenging because I didn't want to make myself vulnerable. Because, you know, when someone is, like, telling you about yourself and you automatically get on the defense. Yeah, yeah. So for a while, I was like thinking of all these things that I could come back like with. Like a response like, that would justify. Right. It's like, no, well, I didn't do this. And it was like, nah, girl, you got to like yeah. accept that like this is what you've been doing. And like Absolutely. this is how it's been harming like people. Absolutely. Um, That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing yeah. too. Yeah. I feel like um, I can relate to that whole being the big sister, but sometimes <laughs> being put in your place right. by the younger sister, but <laughs> right. with love and with like, right obviously a purpose behind it right I have a younger sister who's seven years my junior but she's oh just God. so wise and just tells them like it is sometimes mm-hmm. so that's great well I'll share one of my challenges in my self-care journey um, I think it it relates to yours and that has to do with family so growing up I in my you know family it's my mom and dad my sister and I Um, And I have a half brother as well. And um, just growing up, there were just a lot of like interpersonal kind of relationship challenges, struggles, uh, frustrations that I experienced in particular with my father. Mm -hmm. So he's someone who, to me, really illuminates a lot of what experiencing racism at a young age can like do to your psyche. So I think that my dad has carried a lot of like trauma and it happened during like his young um, kind of like young adult years where that, you know, fundamentally like impacts who you're going to be. Oh yeah. And so a lot of those things then led him to not really be able to engage with people in a way that's like productive, useful, loving, kind. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean all the time, but there were just some things, you know, when you're a child and you like see certain interactions and like you see certain things as love, but it's not really love. It's like abusive or yeah. hurtful or mm-hmm. just not the way that you would want in a loving sort of home. So I, you know, internalized that a lot of this as a child. And then as I mostly was in college, I just started to really like do some reflection and realize like, that's not really love, you know, that's not really how you treat someone that's actually, you know, either emotionally or verbally abusive. And so I kind of came to this realization and then I went through a variety of kind of stages of like dealing with that realization. So I really just started to honestly wish that my parents got a divorce because I was like, my mother's amazing and loving and compassionate and perfect. And like, why on (laughs) earth are they still together? Um, And then I would feel guilty about me wishing that because like I know folk who have had like their parents divorce and then that's traumatic on them. You know what I mean? I've just gone through all these different stages and I've just felt everything. I felt like literal pure hatred. I felt like sympathy and pity. I felt like, just all these whirlwinds of emotions because I've seen the ways in which my father's interaction with me and with our entire family has also impacted the way that I relate in like my, you know, intimate relationships with others and my relationships with close people to me too, you know, because you just, as a child, right. learn these things. You and internalize those things. Exactly. Yeah. 
So my main struggle, or not my main struggle, but we're also trying to not use the word struggle. let's not use the word struggle, y'all. Challenge. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk about that later. My, one of my main challenges in my own self-care journey is grappling with the continual quest to forgive and particularly forgive my father because what happened happened and I have the power and capability to be able to both forgive him and move on, you know, Mm -hmm. and also forgive myself for my like continual again, like inability to truly forgive. Cause I felt like I've had these like moments of forgiveness in the past, but it's really hard to get past, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, Last year, I went to therapy for a few months. I found an amazing therapist in Chicago, black woman. She's amazing. Um, you can tweet me for her information if you want later. But because um, I know how hard it is out here for us to find therapists. Girl, it's so us, hard. It's right? so hard. So um, <laughs> I went to her and um, it was in the beginning. I'm really type A, as you know. I'm like to do oriented. I have all these ambitions and I'd like to check them <laughs> off and then it'd be done with them. So I went into therapy with that mindset. Uh-uh, girl. You cannot do that, girl. I, I did, though. You I can't did. do it. But my therapist knew what I was doing, and she went with it. And then she called me out with love. But I basically went in being like, all right, I'm going to get to vent about my dad, and then she's going to basically tell me how to tell him off, and then I'm going to move on. No. That's not really what happened. So what happened was for a few weeks, she let me vent necessarily. It was very cathartic. And then at a certain point, then she was able to say, all right, so I noticed that you talk about your dad a lot. What about you? And I was like, "Um, excuse me, what? (laughs) You know? Oh, shit. Um, And so basically she just, you know, lovingly pointed the finger at the fact that you are never ever in control of other people but you are wholly in control of how you can change and exist in this world and move on from whatever you may have experienced and so then we shifted the whole conversation to just focusing on like me and that was really really amazing so I think that's one way that I try to to move forward and forgive is always remember that rather than dwelling on what happened or who did what to who or why 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 focusing instead on like the ways that I have grown and the ways that I have in small ways forgiven and that I'm at least committed to mm-hmm. the process. I think that's huge. Some some people sadly just hold on to unforgiveness forever, forever, forever. And don't even they aren't even aware that that's like a burden or like something that's hindering their self-growth. Right. I am really grateful that I have that awareness and I'm trying to work on it slowly but surely. Right. And I love that because it's like you can never, ever, ever control what anyone does or what they're going to do, but you always are in control of your response and how mm-hmm. you perceive it. You know what I mean? And right. so, like, I think that's yeah. beautiful that you're constantly working through oh, yeah. that process and that you are aware of it. Right. You know, And I think I should mention, too, because I don't by any means want to also demonize my father, but he actually, in the past couple of years, has asked for my forgiveness and has acknowledged the ways in which he you know, just interacted with us and related us in ways that weren't really loving. And so it's great to even have someone who I'm struggling to forgive have asked me for that. Mm -hmm. And now the really the responsibility is on me to respond in a way that the best way that I can. Right. And then often it just makes me think of like how trauma lives like generationally through families. Absolutely. So, you know, there are some things that my 
mother has gone through that my father have gone through like before I was born so you know they had like these past lives before we were even here right and you know they're especially black people yes y'all we have so much trauma and it's like you have people who go like years and don't even try to and it's not that they don't want to it's just really difficult to dig that deep and and pull those things out right you know and there are things that both my parents are still dealing with that have affected the ways that they treat me or the ways that they speak to me the ways that they do or don't support me Mm -hmm. and I think I'm constantly like now that I'm older I'm coming to the understanding I'm like okay well they're dealing with trauma or they're dealing with something that they haven't you know figured out yet and that's out of my control so the best thing I can do is just you know live my life and like respond to it in the best way that I can because it's not always about us yeah like it's not usually it's not about (laughs) us right (laughs) (laughs) okay well what's uh another one of your your challenges for your self-care journey really right now it's patience Patience and also being real with myself about where I'm at. So usually with this whole like language that people talk about with self-care, there's this whole thing of like, you know, if I do yoga, if I meditate, if I eat healthy, if I have like mantras, like it's going to, you know, rapidly like transform my life. And I'm, you know, I'm taking care of myself. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And the thing is, like, it doesn't. It doesn't happen that way. Yeah. Like you may be thinking that you're growing and that you're progressing, but you may actually be harming people in the process, harming Mm -hmm. yourself or just not being real Mm -hmm. about where you are. And it's like you can do as much yoga as you want. You can do as much meditation as you want and light your incense and whatever it is that you (laughs) do. Listen to Indiari. But if you haven't like dealt with a lot of things about yourself, then you're not really growing as much as you think you are. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that has to do with, like, self-critique, you know? And it's like, I'm very much, um, well, more invested than I am about critiquing myself and, like, how I handle situations, how I treat people, um, and just reflecting a lot on how I've handled things. And I think that, for me, having that amount of patience and, like, realizing that, there are still things that I'm working through that that's okay, you know, because at the end of the day, we're all human. We're not going to be like perfectly balanced people all the time. But I think that, that with that self-awareness, I feel like it opens you up more to the possibilities and being patient until you actually get somewhere. Cause the thing is, we're always going to have challenges. Like we're never actually going to be like at this pinnacle of, perfection and clarity and bliss right but I think that constantly being aware of yourself and where you are and realizing okay like my shortcoming is that you know maybe I am like maybe I'm inconsistent or maybe I'm not as caring as I thought I was or maybe Mm -hmm. I'm a little standoffish or maybe Mm -hmm. I'm rude in these certain situations or I don't show care um, in these ways and I think that I'm learning how to deal with with being patient with myself and realizing that, you know, it's okay if I have some issues and, you know, some bumps in the road, but I'm working on it. And that's really what matters, at least at the end of the day, is that I'm at least making an effort at holding myself accountable and realizing, you know, where I'm at. Absolutely. And that's just, like you said, being real with yourself. We could easily be doing all these 
healthy, quote unquote, self care oriented things and just think that that's enough and be a real surface. But <laughs> to go deeper benefits you as well as everyone around you. So, how do you like cultivate that awareness about being real with yourself? I think for me, it's usually journaling. I try to journal um, my thoughts and my emotions and then also reflecting. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes what I've been trying to do is reflect on interactions that I have with other people. Um, So let's say I'm having a conversation with someone and they say something and I feel like offended by it. And I may say something that shouldn't have been said or say something that's like, completely like rude or that offends them I reflect back on that situation and think okay well maybe I should have handled it at a different in a different way right um and one of the best ways I think that people become more self-aware is having others like tell you about yourself like your sister right like sometimes (laughs) you need to get checked like you know sometimes you do because that's honestly and it's not just like and this has happened to me with friends with you know, partners with family members, you know, just really, really coming to me and like saying like, hey, like you did this. Right. You know, this wasn't right. You know, and those are the real ones. Those are the people that you want to keep. Exactly. It hurts in the moment, stings a little bit. But then once you're able to really sit with it and listen, like really listen, then you're able to realize like that person is telling you for a reason. They're not telling you to harm you. They're not trying to tell you to shame you, mm-hmm. but rather to allow you to grow. Right. And yeah, I've had those moments too. And it's good to be open to like, you know, having someone tell you like how they feel about you, especially, I mean, you know when it's coming from a bad place and you, right. I feel like most people sense. know when it's coming from like, when it's coming out of love. Right. So I think that's also been, that's also helped my self-awareness a lot because you can think that you're self-aware, but I think having like an outside perspective usually helps. So I'm just grateful for other people who are like, girl, let me keep it real with you. Yes. Like, let yes. me tell you how it really is. Yes. And then you sit with it and you take what you can and you use it and you, you know, strive to become a better person or right. at least become more aware about what you're doing. Yes. You know. I would say another one of my challenges in my self-care journey is consistency. (laughs) Girl. (laughs) So I think I'm the only one that deals with this. Oh, my God. (laughs) No, I think this is common. um, But perhaps what some people who don't know me would guess is just, you know, oh, she's a yoga teacher. Oh, like black girl in home, you know. Um, she guides meditation, blah, 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 that I'm just up every morning at like 6 a.m., <laughs> like meditating for 30 minutes with my eyes closed. And then I go for a run. Then I go to the yoga studio. Then I go eat a vegan meal. <laughs> and then, you know. <laughs> yes. But no, I I struggle a lot with it because in addition to being really invested and interested in wellness, I'm also just really invested and interested in, in a lot of um a lot of things about what it means to be like a creative entrepreneur. I'm very ambitious and I have a lot of goals for my life. And so sometimes it's difficult to merge together my ambitions just in general for life with my career (laughs) and family and all the other things that I view about my lifestyle and wanting in my lifestyle with, with wellness, because sometimes it seems like it's at odd, but the fact isn't, that's like a really huge, crazy lie, you know, Mm -hmm. that, 
for some reason, if we take one or two hours out of our day to really hone in on ourselves and really invest in ourselves, that that's going to somehow keep us from reaching our goals. Mm -hmm. If we like choose to like, um, really prioritize it as much as we prioritize a meeting with a potential client or a, you know, I don't know, these other things that just so often become more important than taking time to really get still, reflect. Because it does take mm-hmm. time. And like a lot of folks, I think, don't necessarily have the privilege of, you know, being able to like stop in the middle of the day and do right. yoga or being able to stop in the middle of the day and like eat something healthy. Mm-hmm. So I think like prioritizing those things with like time management is like really important because it's like, right. I know that like on this day, I can't do this because I'm working like a 12 hour shift or right. I'm doing this thing. And so I think that that's really, really important for people to like think about the intentionality behind like right. actually setting aside time. Absolutely. Like, and some of us, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the the aspect of privilege because it absolutely is. Um, especially, I've just been blown away whenever um, there's a woman who comes to one of our sessions um, who is a mother, you know, because the Lord knows if I had a child right now, I have no clue how I would be able to make time for me amidst the other things that I'm doing. Um, so it's always really amazing when you see these women who somehow still find time for it. I remember when we did a meditation call last year, there was a mother who joined the meditation call and she said that um, she was glad to have joined the call. She had several kids and she was just proud to make time for herself because she knew that at the end of the day that that investment in herself was only going to benefit her children. So, yeah, it's it's definitely um, a privilege and at the same time, not but, but at the same time, it's also <laughs> very rewarding when you are able to invest it in it so yeah I think for me like one thing that helps me be more consistent with my self-care practices is um if I just like reward myself for like being consistent you know <laughs> so like but reward in an affirming way that only further encourages me to keep on with it so you know one way that like um I've done this in the past is like with yoga Um, If I go, you know, more frequently than usual, then I'll like look up like a yoga workshop that I can attend and invest in my knowledge as a yoga teacher, you -hmm. know, because it's still related. It affirms my journey, my growth in that area. And it also um, just is a little pat pat on the back. (laughs) (laughs) Because when you You say reward, like I always... Like, I think it's important that you bring that up, though, because, like, I think we need to shift, like, our understanding of what it means to, like, reward ourselves. Because as you were saying that, I was thinking of, well, my reward would be, like, a big fat donut, like, or something. And it's, like, I really have to stop and be, like, okay, would that really serve you in the right way? Would that serve your body in the right way? So I I think that's important, like, to to rethink, like, how we think about, like, what it is to, like, reward ourselves with. Yes. So I'm going to... Yeah, you can think about that. Maybe our listeners, too, y'all can tweet us, like, the ways that you reward yourselves and affirm yourselves when you are really consistent with your self-care practices. Let us know. Should we play a little game before we chat about our last challenge in our self-care journeys? Okay. I love games. So I know what game you wanted to play today. We talked <laughs> oh, about it. Oh, snap. This is a game I always want to play, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is it? So today we are asking each other what our favorite twerk songs are at the moment. 
So just so everybody knows, I'm really bad at twerking. Um, like, don't really say bad. you're really bad. Don't, <laughs> say, girl. You have to affirm what you want to be. So don't I say you're bad. Say, say you're still learning. I'm still learning, and it's <laughs> great because we have mutual friends who are really good at it and who have always told me to practice. I mean, you're good at it. Have always told me to practice. <laughs> and for the record, too, maybe we should talk about our like. Just why we're even talking about this, so that some people aren't rolling their eyes right now. <laughs> Are y'all rolling your eyes at us? Because we be. like to twerk. It's fine. So, like, I mean, I think okay. So, growing up, like, this is just to get real again for a slight second. Twerking has so many associations to it, um, you know, and it's been culturally appropriated by mainstream white folk and things like that, which is one of the ways that it's become more controversial. But I also think that growing up, like, I had a lot of, like, shame about my body. Um, And when I say, like, shame, like, I had a lot of shame about around, like, moving my body in any way that would be deemed as, like, sexual or, like, Mm -hmm. deviant. And if I did, it would be, like, in private, like, in my room or something if I was listening to, like, some song. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to shake my ass, but no one's going to see it (laughs) because, like, that's wrong. Like, and that's how I felt. Especially, too, as a woman of color. I think Mm -hmm. that's the important note. As a black woman, like, Like, I wasn't comfortable growing up being Mm -hmm. black and a woman and, you know, dancing in a way that's seen as sexual because I was like always self-conscious about it. I was always self-conscious about the fact like this is how I'm going to be right. looked at. They're going to look and at we're, me. And we're sexualized anyway. So exactly. that just adds another layer to it. Exactly. Yeah. So as I've been older, I think I've become more like, you know, comfortable in my sexuality and just in moving and like being open about those things around other people. And, like, it's okay, like, if you like to dance and, mm-hmm. like, be that person. Like, that's fine. Like, you're not that person, like, 24-7. Like, so, you know, I think it's also important for people to, like, know that that's cool. Right. You know? and, and plus it just feels good. Like, yes. dancing in general, once you really release, like, that's what I've Girl. tapped into in the past year. Especially my other project, Party Noir. Yeah. Lots Monthly. of twerking at Party Noir. Right. Like, <laughs> I... James is not Yeah, like I have been absolutely blown away by the amount of amazing dancers that I've seen twerking, but also just dancing in general Mm -hmm. that I've seen who I go up to them and I say, you're an amazing dancer. And they're just like, oh, and they're like so stunned. And I realize it's because they're not dancing for an audience. They're not dancing to perform. They're literally dancing because they've like tapped into this beautiful energy and that's how they're expressing themselves. And that's what I love about black folks. Like we are just (laughs) naturally good. I think we just have like a natural like attunement to movement and expression which is why I love Party Noir because it's just really just us being ourselves and like being who we are you know in that moment yes Um, so back to twerking (laughs) so that you all know that this is contextualized within our deeper considerations of blackness (laughs) music energy like we're not talking about Miley Cyrus twerking oh hell no we're talking Mm -mm. about a different kind no 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 so Okay, is this funny that I'm, like, kind of, like, this song does not really maybe seem like it's twerkable? (laughs) (laughs) Twerkable. (laughs) Put Your Phone Down by Erica Badu. I can make you put your phone down. I can make you, I can make you, I can make you put your phone down. That's it's like, like sexy slow, slow motion twerk. twerk. Yeah. I'm like dancing in my seat right now. <laughs> if you all can't see me, we got to do a live podcast soon somehow. But <laughs> yeah, like a slow little twerk. 
you know? I like that. But, like, no one else around you just looking at yourself just in the mirror. Just looking at yourself in the mirror. Yes. I like that. Yes. That's dope. What about you? <laughs> so, this isn't really, like, a twerk song, per se, but I've been feeling this song, and every time I hear it, I want to twerk. <laughs> um, it's One Dance by Drake. Oh, my God. Strength and guidance, all that I'm wishing for my friends. Nobody makes it from my ends. I had to bust up the silence. You know, I hated it when it first came out, but it's been growing on me. I was hating low key. I was like, what is this? I'm like, this almost sounds like a continuation of work by Rihanna. No shade to Drake. Um, but now every time I hear it, like I just want to like shake my ass and dance to it. And I'm like, I need this song. Like and now I listen to it, like, every week. I love and his whole album, but that's another podcast episode <laughs> focused on music. Focused on Drake. Because <laughs> I know some of y'all are draking out here, but it's okay. I love that he's a verb now. <laughs> he is, girl. He is. <laughs> well, that was a fun game. We'll have to definitely ask one of our future uh, podcast guests that question. <laughs> and you all can tweet us again. Let us know what you like to twerk to. I'm going to be surprised by some of your answers I already know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's get to the last last challenge in our self-care journey. It's one that we share, um, Zakia and I, and I think a lot of you share as well, which is self-compassion. Yes. So important. That's key. So important to have self-compassion. I feel like that's like the key to life. Self-compassion, because no matter what you do or like who you hurt or how you hurt yourself, like as long as you can come back to, all right, I'm human. I make mistakes. I'm going to give myself love and move on, truly move on without holding on to that baggage. That's like really, really hard to do, actually. It is. And like, you know, I had an experience with, um, a partner once and I during the relationship I had done some like very like hurtful things to him and even after that like I was completely like I still felt like guilty about it and so I was constantly like beating myself up like I don't deserve this or like I don't deserve this person in my life because like I've done all these awful things um and I think in those moments it's important to come back to self-compassion or you know at moments of reflection because we all make mistakes like we do we do I don't like people try their hardest to like be to pretend so, like they don't right but it's like we all For their, own, their own selves too exactly. I do that sometimes right and it's a dangerous it's a dangerous thing to try and convince ourselves of that we're it not going to make a mistake that we're not going to hurt someone that we're not going to hurt someone else and just because something exists in the past it doesn't mean that you can't hold yourself accountable or, you know, find ways to um, rectify what had happened. But it's also not good to dwell on something that you have no control over anymore. Like what happened, happened. Right. And a lot of people get so caught up in what happened before that they prevent themselves from like moving forward. Yeah. And that's, that's no way to live. You can't do no, that. No. So I think just being gentle with ourselves and like showing ourselves like more compassion and realizing that, okay, we made this mistake. We did this thing, but 
you know, do I want to continue like holding myself like guilty for it? Or do I want to move forward and just make sure that, you know, the next situation that occurs in my life, I'll handle it differently or, you know, express myself in a different way that won't be a repeat of what happened right. the last time. I think what you were saying before about reflecting um, helps with that too. So journaling or reflecting through dialogue with like a friend who really cares about you. Because mm-hmm. um, sometimes, like you said, you can be beating yourself up almost and someone else will hear your story and they'll be like, girl, chill. That's <laughs> That's cool. exactly what happened to me. <laughs> yeah. And that's happened to me yeah. too. So we oftentimes need to vocalize our experiences with others in order to really like realize how hard we're being on ourselves and to loosen up on that. Right. And I think like the power of like shared experiences is connected to, you know, self-compassion because I think and that's why I believe in people like sharing their stories because you never know who can relate and you don't right. know what people have gone through. Right. So if you share your story with someone, that can really be a moment of you to really look back at yourself and be like, okay, I need to be more compassionate about Absolutely. this. Absolutely. You know, so. Absolutely. Uh, let's also talk real quick about why we are using challenge and not struggle. Cause you corrected me before <laughs> this conversation today and we were kind of talking about what we wanted to explore and I thought it was great. I have really, I really haven't been doing this until recently because I think sometimes using the word struggle, um, especially like in self, like first person. So when you were saying like, <laughs> I can't twerk. Like, instead of saying can't, it's like, well, I'm learning or I'm doing this. You're right. You're right. I'm learning. (laughs) (laughs) Or even with the word struggle and like moving towards something that's a challenge. Because with a challenge, you can get through that. It's like an obstacle. You can get through that. You can get to the next step. If you're struggling, I feel like for me, saying struggle only further, like, just expresses that you're stuck in this moment that you'll never get out of, that you're just always going to be struggling. And I think speaking to ourselves, which also goes back to Mm self-compassion, like I have to be compassionate and aware that there are certain things in my life that I can't control right now, but I'm making an effort towards things and, you know, things that are getting in the way I just see as challenges or as an obstacle because I won't always be in certain situations or always have these challenges in the way but you can get above them and move through it absolutely I hope that that consideration can be something that we all share too I'm going to tell that to some of my friends hopefully your listeners also are just like not in their heads (laughs) dropping struggle from your language your vocabulary because words have power words have power can we make that a hashtag hashtag drop struggle yes let's do it (laughs) hashtag drop struggle Mm -mm. maybe it'll be trending tomorrow we'll see (laughs) we'll see what happens if there's anything you all heard today um, on this episode that you connected with or something that resonated with you or any commentary you have, please reach out to us, tweet us, send us a voice memo, comment on Instagram. Um, we would love to hear your voices and how some of you have like connected with whatever it is that Lauren and I have said.
We are so excited to have Warby Parker as a sponsor for today's show. We both love Warby Parker. I'm sure you've seen us. Uh, Zakia and I both wear glasses, and I think we both rock them really well. I think we look dope. So I'm trying to get my own pair of Warby Parkers. Listen, I need that Warby Parker (laughs) discount, too. (laughs) Let's manifest that. (laughs) But uh, we're real excited about Warby Parker, and they're actually offering a free five-day home try-on to give you the opportunity to check out their glasses. So if you rock glasses like us, get your home try-on today. You can just go to warbyparkertrial.com slash postloudness. And uh, that'll let them know that you came from us. You can always check out our website at blackgirlom.com slash podcast. We'll include a little link there for you, too. We just want to say thank you so much to everyone who has been giving us such amazing feedback in response to our newly launched website and online publication. Thanks so much for being patient also during the time that we were under construction and um, putting together a fresh new approach, um, but obviously still grounded in the same vision, which is self-care and self-love for women of color. Also want to send a special shout out and love to all of the people who have contributed to our online publication um, for our new features, as well as folks who have contributing um, essays and written material, photographic material. So much love to you all. It wouldn't be possible without your beautiful visions. And um, a special shout out to Asia David. She is our web designer for BlackGrownOne.com. Fun fact, she's also the creative director of Bunch Magazine. So they just have a lot of dynamic people, obviously, behind their vision as well. And it's awesome to be supported by Black Girl Magic. Shout out for the fantastic music you've been hearing in our show to Khalid B. and Peter Espenson. Special thank you to Post Loudness collective of independent audio shows by people of color, women, and queer-identified hosts. They support us every single podcast. And special thank you to our producer, James T. Green, and our production assistant, Taz Kelleher. Thank you for tuning in to the Black Girl Numb podcast. As always, breathe easy. Thanks for tuning in to Black... Okay. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to Black. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. Podcast. (laughs) Post loudness. Audio on the French.